It's that time again, motherfuckers. Welcome to the house of Rondog. Let's go. First and foremost, you're gonna have to forgive my voice. I have a throat like fucking thunder. Oh, he's got COVID. No, I haven't. I haven't got COVID. I'm not coughing. A sore throat isn't a symptom. I don't think. Either way, I don't have COVID. I've just got a horrible throat. We're just gonna press on. Everything's gonna be fine. I think it might be vape related. But like I said a few episodes ago, all the cool kids are doing it. So I am rest assured that I will be fine. In other news, how's your week been? I bought a car this week. I've been meaning to buy a new car for about a year. Um, I've been driving this Matchbox since I got my license. It was a little shitty 2009 Kia Rio. Um, I hardly had a problem with it for the two years I've had it, but it just wasn't great at all. Uh, it did 0-60 in about an hour and a half. I wasn't sure if I wanted to get rid of my car and get a new one just yet. Like I say, I've been putting this off for a year, year and a half. Um, but I was driving my old car back from the showroom after checking the new car out and the stereo in my old car, it didn't work. So I had this shitty Bluetooth speaker stuck in the cup holder and I was fiddling with the tiny rubber buttons on it to try and turn the volume up as I was driving away. And it hit me in that moment that I was making the right decision. But yeah, found a car, did a test drive, all that good shit. But I swear I've never been so nervous in my entire life than taking it for a test drive. I mean, shout out to uh, Jess at Lincoln Citroen. She was amazing. And she was reassuring me that if that if something did go horribly wrong and I fucked the car into a wall, that I was insured. But at the same time, if I did, I wouldn't have been able to buy the car. You know, like, do you think that's ever happened? Like somebody's taken a car for a test drive, bumped and scratched it into loads of things on the journey, got it back to the showroom and just said, well, I don't want it now. Look at it, it's fucked. That was my fear. So I had the test drive on Monday and I bought the thing on Tuesday. I had a different guy at the showroom that was finalizing everything. Jess had the day off, but it was a little tricky focusing on everything that he was saying. Why? Because I could hear my good friend, Lynx FM's own John Marshall on the radio from the speakers in the showroom. And he was talking about aliens or alien life or something like that. And if you know me and you know what I'm like, you know, I go fucking crazy for anything like that. So the guy in the showroom, who was also fucking great, by the way, I can't remember his name, but he was great. He was telling me about warranties and safety features and things like that. And I'm sort of sat there on the cusp of saying something ridiculous like, you ever seen a UFO, bro? I thought I saw something when I was a kid. I doubt it was a UFO, though. Do you think we'd even be able to understand aliens if they came to Earth? Like, could they just speak their alien language and they're that super intelligent that they could just what they're actually saying into our minds i nearly went off on this sort of tangent i was so tempted because all my mind was full of was just aliens and ufos and extraterrestrials and all of this is entirely the fault of john marshall i missed out on probably some very important stuff so yeah thanks john great mate what did i say in episode one about people that work in radio this is exactly what i meant you can't trust them you can't trust them and they'll lick your taint makes me sick <laughs> Nah, John's a great guy. John's a great guy. I don't know about his taint-licking expertise, but good guy. That is delicious. Shout out Copperberg again. Please give me some free shit. What are you doing, honeys? 
Anyway, aliens, yeah. Thanks, John. Oh, speaking of, did you um did you see those monoliths that appeared and then just disappeared? There was one in a desert in the United States and then another in like Romania or somewhere, somewhere like that. I want to believe it so hard. I know it's just going to end up being an art exhibition or a promotion for some movie or some stupid shit like that, but I want to believe it so badly. I want to believe it's some kind of landing pad for UFOs or something. I'm like I'm funny with conspiracies that way like i do i believe that obama's bodyguards were shape-shifting reptilian humanoids no but i want to do i believe that there's some kind of new world order that controls everything we see in here and everything to do with the world's banks and all that kind of shit no but i want to do i believe that jeffrey epstein was murdered and that the ruling of suicide was a cover-up to protect mega elite pedophile rings and that jelaine maxwell is going to go out the same way yeah, 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 I do believe that one. I do believe that one. Thankfully, this uh, this podcast is in very early days. You know, this is only number four. We're only a month in. So I don't feel that bad talking about mega elite pedophile rings. I don't feel like I'm at the point where anyone's going to knock me off yet, if that makes sense. I'm not going to end up found in a dumpster. Oh, he shot himself in the head six times. What are the chances? Yeah, I, I think I'm good for now. I'd like to be at a point where this podcast gets big enough that I can't talk about paedophile rings and, you know, the ultra elite, but, you know, we, we lay in wait. It might happen. It might not. But as for now, fuck them. Absolutely fuck them. Fuck Epstein and fuck Jelaine Maxwell as well. Nonces. <laughs> Thanks for that pass, Ronnie. I'm future legally clued up Ronnie, here to talk about what I've just said. When I described Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell as nonces, I was of course referring to The Nonce, The Nonce being a hip-hop duo from Los Angeles in the 1990s, a duo just like Jelaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. This was not at all to do with any of the charges put forward towards Ms Maxwell, as she has yet to be found guilty in a court of law. Thank you, now enjoy the rest of the podcast. you got to cover your own back, haven't you? You've got to cover your own back. In other news, uh, Christmas mood. I'm feeling it, son. I'm feeling it. We all woke up on Friday, last Friday, to that teeny tiny little blanket of snow and uh, my little brain went, dig out the Pogues record and the Quality Street, bitch. This is happening. Uh, All my Christmas shopping is done. I just need wrapping paper and cards and shit, but I'm not quite ready to go to war in Asda just yet. I'm not mentally prepared for that yet. Supermarkets this close to Christmas are like the purge. I'm walking in with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire and I will ice any man, woman or child that gets in between me and some shit two pound wrapping paper with glittery holly printed on it. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Christmas this year and I really hope a lot of you are too. We've had such a fucking rough 2020. Take it easy on yourself. Treat yourself to some time either with your family or just to yourself. I, I can say... I can say that now we're getting these bizarre five days of freedom. I've been on this keto diet since May, but I'm spending those five days eating and drinking whatever the fuck I want. I am so strict about this diet. I know I'm not going to sink back into old habits afterwards. Just let me drink a couple of crates of celery, eat a few bowls of roast potatoes. That's all I want. That's all that will make me happy this year. I'm more than happy with that, which sort of brings me to what today's podcast is about. You might have noticed that this podcast isn't titled How I Got Thin. Because I didn't get thin. That's because I'm not thin. I didn't get thin. I got not fat. That's a very different thing. How did I get not fat? Why did I get not fat? Let's get into it. So, twas October 2018. Uh, My buddy Sam and I were out on the piss. And somehow the conversation got onto people doing Sober October. 
I don't remember the conversation entirely because I was hammered, but I remember saying people that did Sober October were, and I directly quote, total fucking dweebs. But this conversation somehow became the pair of us admitting that we wished that we'd done it, that we were those dweebs. A again, I've no idea how it happened, but in the end, we agreed that we were going to actually do it ourselves the month after October. November, if you will. I remember for so long, people were saying, why are you doing Sober November? And I was just going, oh, because it rhymes. Just really fucking with people's heads. They know it doesn't rhyme. They they're clever enough to know that, aren't they? Maybe not. I don't know. So... Yeah, we made that agreement, and in the days leading up to November 1st, everything escalated somewhat. What initially began as two men bettering themselves and staying sober for a month became the most ridiculous and competitive weight loss fitness challenge that you could ever imagine. I'd been trying to lose weight for a while, and Sam was already in good shape, but he wanted to shift that little stellar gut that he had going on, so it made sense for both of us, really. It's not sober November now, bitch. Oh, yeah. It's that good shit. Right, where was I? Yeah, uh, weight loss and fitness challenge. So I'd settled on a keto diet that I'd only ever really read about online. Something about dropping carbs, dropping sugar, and only really consuming protein and fat, mainly fat. Um, Sam drew up roots for his runs and did meal prep and all that shit. So we were taking it very seriously, and we told our friends what we were planning to do. A hell of a lot of them didn't actually have that faith that we could just stay sober for the month, let alone do the fitness and the weight loss thing. But I will tell you right now, my friend, things got absolutely fucking ridiculous really, really quickly. So a bit of fighting backstory for you here. Conor McGregor fought a guy called Habib Namagomedov in 2018, around the same time that we were doing this. Connor lost. Uh, the build-up was really heated. There were police charges and brawls and shit following the fight. It was a really intense rivalry. It was real. It's not like WWE. And it was just a fun time to be a fight fan. Uh, on October 31st, I posted on my Facebook a photoshopped image from the Conor McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov fight with Habib standing over Connor after beating him. But I'd photoshopped my face onto Habib's body and Sam's face onto Conor McGregor, who was on the floor. And I didn't realise how much that picture would come to mean in the month that we were about to go into. Bear with me, it got fucking crazy. Oh my god, side note, uh, just remembered, Sam and I obviously went drinking that Halloween, but we weren't dressed up or anything, we were just going out because it was, you know, we wanted to get our final drink on before the mission at hand. Uh, we were stood in a pub and there were your classics everywhere. There were slutty cats, guys dressed as fucking wish.com jokers. You get the picture. One lad walked up to the bar right beside us and he was absolutely hammered. He was dressed completely normally, but he was in blackface. It was kind of smudgy and you could tell that he'd been sweating a bit, but it was blackface. No questions asked. It was definitely blackface. So we did the honourable thing of asking to take selfies with him before, you know, somebody inevitably staved his skull in. But we had to ask, we went, mate, why are you in blackface? And like I say, he was pretty pissed up, but he told us that he'd been at a house party before he came to the pub and he didn't have a costume. So his friends did him up as, wait for it, a chimney sweeper, a chimney sweeper, not joking. He did not realize what he looked like and he thought his friends had done him a real favor. But little did he know, he, everyone in the entire pub was looking at him like the fucking minstrel show going at the bar. He, uh, he wiped his face off in the end when he saw a selfie camera and realised what he looked like. 
Fucking blackface in uh, 2018. How tasteful. You love to see it. Also, I absolutely promise if any of you get in touch with me and ask to see this picture, I am more than willing to provide it to you. I am more than willing to show you this picture because this 100% happened. He was walking around in blackface. Nobody believes this story when I tell it. I've found the fucking photograph. I will send it to you. I swear. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, so... The month just got fucking stupid. We embodied the spirits of Habib and Connor to the point we took photos of ourselves doing a face-off towards the end of the month. I had this stupid black Russian trapper hat that I was wearing all the fucking time. I had a Russian flag over my shoulders. Sam was, uh, he was wearing this wife-beater vest and he had a flat cap. We were both doing the accents. I was going, I fucking crush you, chicken. I crush you. And he was going, you'll do fucking nothing. Uh, I was hosting pub quizzes at the time and I did a full quiz in a Russian accent like, question six. Uh, literally just like that while wearing the same fucking hat that I was just on about. Do you see what I mean when I said it got fucking stupid? It was almost racist. Uh, I'd made like fake UFC posters with us on, but both of us on to keep everyone updated and a, a good amount of people genuinely thought that we were actually fighting. So I'd make a poster, I'd put it on Facebook, I'd be like, I'm going to fucking crush this chicken and he'd be in the comments saying, you'll do fucking nothing, fuck you. And people genuinely thought that we were going to have some sort of UFC style fight. We, had, we ended up with people that were Team Sam and people that were Team Ronnie. It just got fucking bizarre. The contest itself, um, I lost a stone in the first 10 days and just shot a two stone over the course of the whole month. Sam ran something like 200 miles. It might have been more. I might have to ask him uh, through the whole thing. I was having, get this, I was having recurring dreams that Sam had replaced the water that I was drinking every day with Desperado's beer so that he could be the winner. So I was taking a swig from this big bottle of water that I have. They're like the five liters. And he was standing over me going, ha, there's desperados in it. You fucking lose. I win sober November. I was having this dream every night. It was ridiculous. We based the winner on body weight percentage lost so that it was a level playing field. And uh, believe me when I say I absolutely iced that bitch. Uh, he bought me a trophy, which was really sick. Um... The competition aspect of it was the most important part of it by a mile. Without the competition, I don't think I could have done it. Every morning I was waking up with something to prove and with this mentality of, I need to beat this motherfucker. And that really fuels you. It really fuels you. But the obvious question that you can get from that story is, how does this link into losing weight two years later? So let me take you back to lockdown it was around late May that this happened. I was already pretty chubby when we went into lockdown in March, but the two months that followed that just took it to another level entirely. I was smashing through crates of Stella. I was smashing through takeaways. It just did not stop. I'd wake up at 11, I'd go downstairs and I'd crack a tinny open and I'd just sit and play fucking video games all day. It was absolutely mint, if we're going to be honest. I was having a great time. But the problem with that is that it isn't sustainable. I was kicking the shit out of my body every single day. I wasn't moving. I wasn't eating anything healthy. Literally, the only fruit and vegetables that I was getting was peppers and pineapple that were on pizzas that I'd order. Yeah, I'm the pineapple guy. Fuck you, Gondu. I remember the day that I realized I had a problem really, really well. It was about three or four in the morning. I drank about nine cans of Stella and I'd eaten, wait for this shit, a whole large Domino's pizza, a garlic bread, potato wedges, four cookies, and a half tub of ice cream, all to myself. 
I was pretty hammered and I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a great game, by the way. The game didn't make me fat. That's a great game. It was the food that made me fat. I was about to go to bed and I went to check my phone and my thumb slipped on the screen because I was drunk and the front facing camera came on. Sweet fucking Jesus. Look at that fat motherfucker. Look at that butterball. Look at that horizontally challenged hefty ham hock. Look at that pissed up, pot bellied, podgy, plumpy porker. You get the idea. Basically, I was absolutely mortified at what I was looking at. Like, how the hell had I let myself get this bad? I've always been a pretty big guy. You know, I'm six foot four. I haven't been skinny really ever. But at the same time, I'd never been the fucking wobble slob that I was looking at in my selfie camera at that moment. So I made a decision that night, starting tomorrow, I'm going to go keto for a month like I did before. I'm going to hit the reset button. I'm going to flush my body of all the shit that I've thrown into it. So... Day one, first morning, banging head, straight in the bathroom, straight on the scales for the first time in over a year. Bang, 299.4 pounds, 21 and a half stone. Sweet, merciful Jesus. Regrets, I had a few. But that feeling of disappointment, like the competition aspect that I mentioned earlier, became fuel. It was heartbreaking to see how much weight that I'd actually put on, but what was I going to do about it? Order another pizza and hope that it goes away? Fuck no. So I took a few photos in the mirror of my body at that very moment. This is day one. This right here is day one. If I had to force myself to look at that photograph every single day from here on out to push myself on, would I have done it? Absolutely. One thing I also did on day one was I told a lot of my closest friends and family what I was doing because if I kept it to myself, I could have stopped at any time and nobody would have known that I'd failed. The fact that people knew what I was doing meant that if I were to give up, I'd have to go through the guilt of admitting that when they asked how it was going, I'd have to say, yeah, I fucked it up, I'm drinking beer again. That would genuinely be a massive bit of advice that I'd give to anybody that's thinking of doing something similar. Make it as hard as humanly possible for you to give up. Tell your nearest and dearest what you're doing, because if they support you and love you like they should, the idea of telling them that you've given up or failed would be almost impossible. So, day one of the keto diet. What is the keto diet, Ronnie? Enlighten us, I hear you ask. The ketogenic diet, or keto diet for short, is a low-carb, high-fat diet. When you drop out carbs and sugar, your body goes into a state called ketosis. Basically, your body goes, oh shit, my man's not eating any sugar and we still need to survive. Shit, 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 what's left? Oh, he do got a lot of that fat, though. We can use that fat for energy, right? Fuck it, let's do that. Your body will use your fat as its energy source because you're not really consuming any carbohydrates. There's a lot more to it than this. There's words like ketones and triglycerides, but you get the general idea. Basically, no shug shug, body use fat to live, make you not fat no more. So what does that entail? Bread, no thanks. Pasta, that's for losers and dweebs. Chocolate, nah fam. Beer? Sadly not, Jabroni. Anything carby is gone. Your diet is now meat and cheese. You're eating like a fucking Viking. It sounds really depressing, but it isn't. And even if it was, the number that you see on the scale every day is a serious motivation. It's one hell of a factor. One of the joys of the keto diet is the calories. I don't give a fuck about calories. I've had days 
5,000 calorie days and still lost weight. It's all about keeping your fat high, your protein moderate, and your carbs down low. I like my fat high and my carbs down low. That was fucking lame. Never let me do that again. Jesus Christ. But Ronnie, what do you eat on the keto diet? Right, grab a pen and paper because here we go. Burgers with no buns, steaks, sausages, always check the carbs on sausages, chicken breasts, whiskey, kebab meat, halloumi, every form of cheese under the sun, cucumber, mayonnaise, garlic mayonnaise, mint mayonnaise, whiskey again, broccoli, butter, black coffee, avocado, jet black chocolate, low sugar protein bars, more whiskey, poached eggs, scrambled eggs, fried eggs, uh, probably some more whiskey, boiled eggs, omelettes, raspberries, jalapenos, pepperamis, cheese strings, baby bells. I think at one point I had a singular grape and add on to that a little bit of whiskey. There are a lot of things you can eat on the keto diet that deviate from this list. I keep it all really simple. I don't fuck about with making things uh there's something called fat head pizza where you make like a low carb dough and there's almond flour in it i don't fuck with that chicken breasts and broccoli that is a sick meal in my eyes you might want to do a bit more experimentation play with different things see what you get but i'm a very simple man with very simple tastes and chicken breasts and broccoli will do for me your booze options, on the other hand, are severely limited. Beer of any kind is gone. Fancy fucking flavoured gin with glitter in it or whatever the fuck is gone. Full sugar mixers like Coke and lemonade, gone. Clean, unflavoured spirits like vodka, gin, whiskey, dark rum, you're good. Or try out some of the range of sugar-free alcoholic seltzers, like the one I'm drinking right now from Copperberg. Give me some free shit. Uh, I never said this was an exciting diet by any stretch of the imagination, but it's sure as shit effective. So I'm almost seven months into this fucking madness and I'm six stone down. My weight hasn't really moved an inch in the last month, but that's because I'm working out more. I'm building muscle while keeping the exact same diet. If I wasn't pumping some iron, my weight would still be going down, but I'm pretty happy with where I'm at now. Uh, I might go crazy with the gym stuff. I've been saying this for a few days and just get absolutely fucking jacked up, son. Start wearing those eat, sleep, train, repeat vests and telling people how much I can fucking bench, bro. You fucking bench, bro? Nah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I could not be one of those people. If I ever become one of those people, just fucking ditch me. Just leave me. I don't deserve you. And you sure as shit don't need me. The thing about losing weight is... Uh, I'm going to get a little bit self-help motivational speaker here the thing about losing weight is that i've always said that the most difficult step is making the decision to lose weight and putting that decision into action so i looked at myself that day in may and i made the decision that i wanted to kick the fucking life out of myself for what i'd done to my body in the months prior if you can look in the mirror and acknowledge that you are going to make a change that's half the battle won already so many people will look at themselves every single day and hate what they see, but they will never find the mindset or the motivation to do anything about it. If you can look yourself square in the eye and say, fuck you, we're doing this, then you're already doing better than 99% of people. Even if you only drop a single pound every month, that means in a year you've almost lost a stone. Every single gram that you lose is one step closer to where you want to be. The real trick to it is is just not losing motivation. Don't lose motivation just because the scale hasn't moved in a week. Just trust in the process and you will get to where you want to be. 
You know, I, I honestly believe that you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. If you can go all in, balls deep, on anything, you can do it. If the only thing standing in your way is yourself, what are you doing? Why are you letting that negative side of you win? Fuck that side of you. You don't need them. You don't need that negativity bringing you down. Conquer them. Kick their fucking skull in. Show that side of you that you are the shit and you're not to be fucked with. You're a bad motherfucker and nobody is going to stand in the way of you getting what you want. Whew. Got a little fired up there. I will also say it's, it is important for me to mention if you are going to embark on a keto diet, please do your research first. There's a very fine line between losing weight healthily and losing it dangerously. Don't do anything that could fuck your health up in the long term or even the short term. Weigh yourself, measure yourself, work out the calories you actually need, all the scientific shit. Put it this way, I'd rather be fat than spend weeks in and out of the hospital. Just look after your damn body. But really, that's about all I can tell you. I've, I've tried to make this as detailed but interesting as I can. And if you can get something from it, then that's that's great. That's amazing. I'm also completely in on hearing about your progress. I've got a couple of friends who have asked me in the last couple of weeks about the diet. And seeing them, to quote Joe Rogan, conquer their inner bitch has been amazing. So if this was what you needed to hear to make a change in your life, then for fuck's sake, drop me a message. Drop me a message in a month's time. Let me know what's going down. I want to see your progress like you see mine on my on my Facebook and my Instagram. I want to see a photo of you looking all shitty, and then I want to see a photo of you now looking like a fucking superstar. you got to send that to me. I need to see that. I need to see how you're doing. You deserve the praise for the work you put in. But apart from that, thank you for putting up with my raspy-ass throat today. Uh, stay cool. Keep pushing forward. It's almost Christmas, motherfuckers. We're almost in 2021. I know the virus doesn't expire on New Year's Day, but we can put a lot of shit behind us from this last year. If you're pouring a drink this week, make it a strong one because you've fucking earned it. I'm out of here, jabronis. I'm going to go and get a lem sip. I'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Until then. Thank you for listening to this episode of House of Rondog. If you enjoyed what you heard, please remember to hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Google or Spotify or Apple. It doesn't matter. Every subscription supports me. Thank you ever so much, and I'll see you next time.